I'm SP from the GuineaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is part of the GuineaGeek.com network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other amazing geek shows at GuineaGeekNetwork.com. This is the official GuineaGeek.com show. Each week, we run down the latest news and happenings in the world of geek. These are your hosts for the show, Steven, Chris, and SP. Welcome to the 350th episode of The Gunna Geek Show. I am Steven John Drew, and with me, of course, is Stargate Pioneer. This is a special week for me. I just released episode 350 of Legends of Shield. We got Legends, or uh, we got 350 of Gonna Geek. It's just a 350 week. And of course, Chris is up there at, I don't know, 750 or something like that. Well, that's what I was about to say. Now, you might be saying, Stephen, usually you introduce Chris Farrell first, but I am giving him the tail end of the credits because it always says, and starring Chris Farrell. Steven's just jealous that my stream deck still works. It's true. My stream deck <laughs> software and I've rebuilt things and I've just realized now I got to fix things as we're doing this too because the sidebar is not working. So if you're watching the video side of things, the sidebar is not working, which is appropriate for the 350th episode. But hey, I had a really cool week this week in the world of geekdom. First, JS, the, yes, the living legend, the French Canadian sensation, former host of this show, John Sebastian showed up in our Discord server, the Gunna Geek Discord server. You can find that at gunnageek.com slash Discord. He was there. We all welcomed that, him and we said, That might welcome. be my fault. That was your fault, but it's not fault. It's your doing. You say that so far. Wait until he leads the insurrection against you. <laughs> you know what? At this point, I'll just roll over. I'm okay with it. <laughs> That's fine. But seriously, I I'm happy that he, was he did show up there. It's nice. But the second thing that happened, the world of geekdom, our former host on Walking the Walking Dead, also your sort of host on Fanboy Buzz because you kind of closed the Fanboy Buzz, Chris Farrell, but we'll say I you were host. I killed the Fanboy you Buzz. You killed it. And the it wasn't former Ethan. It was me. guest host and voiceover artist for this show, I got to meet Steve Boyd face to face this past weekend, and it was fantastic. I was a little bit shocked that there was no mask involved. There, there was, but we were at Starbucks, so you can't really drink through the mask. I was but. also a little bit shocked that it was Starbucks and not Tim Hortons. You know what? Um, they were on a schedule, and it was the closest to their hotel. And uh, first off, I wouldn't suggest the Tim Hortons. I don't care that much for Tim Hortons unless someone's going there. Um, but there are a lot of good in-town eateries to be had, but this was the closest. So we went there, and plus... Uh, then I got to pretend for a minute that him and I were hanging out in Marca because it was Starbucks. So welcome to the I've Met Steve Boyd Club, Steve. Uh, hey, exactly. It's a good club. In fact, you know, when I got close to him, I smelled him to see if I could still smell you, Chris Farrell. And I could. Oh, it's, it's been probably like eight years since Steve Boyd and I last <laughs> see each other in person. But I know I was within a couple of miles of him because he actually drove through my town a couple of times when he was on his way to see his I don't know. Is it fiance? Is it wife? Is it living girlfriend? What is it? Right? Fiance. 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 Yeah. yeah. So he was driving to see his fiance and he came through my town several times and I could not get him to stop to say hello to me. Well, he, uh, yeah, his fiance was there. Very nice lady. And uh, it was a pleasure to see them both. So 
Oh, wasn't a young guy. So, anyways, uh, we're we're planning our our marriage arrangement. Him and I. That's what's going to happen. We're gonna. Congrats. Tie the knot. That's what it oh, is. Yeah. Yeah. Is he going to also get married on your island like everybody else we know does? <laughs> it seems that way. Yeah. But no, uh, that was the big week in geekdom for me. And uh, one day I will meet the two of you face to face and we will we will hug and we will we will smell each other. And that's how it will go. When I met Chris, we hugged quite a bit, didn't we, Chris? It's true. And then Willie Nelson hugged us, too. Oh, and yeah, then that picked was us special. up and spun us around. Well, yeah, I mean that dude is big. If you think Chris is big, Willie Nelson is huge. He, you know what? He could actually be the stunt double for the mountain. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. I've got so much imagery in my mind. Let's go ahead and move on to the news. gonna break copyright that's what i'm gonna do here uh hey if i was to do this for you chris farrell (laughs) would you kind of recognize what that was kind of yes it's your theme song that's true it is my theme song yes yes if you are wondering at home what that is, well, you've got a way now that you can detect it because Google has rolled out their latest update to the Google Music Identification Service. I saw this today and I thought, I got to give it a try. I got to see what it's all about. And now on the Google app, you can say, what is this song? Like you used to be able to do, but instead of just playing a song, you can now hum. Yes, Google has <sighs> added this feature to the music identification service, and I decided I would give it a bit of a test. It does ask you, like, when you're going to hum, it asks you to hum as long as you usually would for music identifying, which is like 30 seconds. But I gave it a shot, and I only did, like, you know, half the amount, and it worked fairly well. Now, the first thing I tried to do was the Jurassic Park theme song, but it was a failure. It didn't work at all. So then I thought, let's throw a few other things at it. And the first one that I did was... Eye of the Tiger. That's right. I hummed Eye of the Tiger and it detected it. Along with We Didn't Start the Fire, We Will Rock You, and AHA's infamous classic, Take on Me. All of those worked well with my tone deaf singing while humming. So I thought that this was a neat little feature that we should mention and acknowledge in the news this week because I actually think this is a really handy thing that people are going to have because how often has it been that you've had this tune in your mind and you're like, Oh, I can hear it. I don't know what it's from. I can hum it. What is it? And you're just like, ah, I want to know. Well, now you can hum it into the world that is Google, and Google will tell you what you're humming. Well, why didn't you rickroll yourself? <laughs> Can't do it, but <laughs> I should have rickrolled myself, yes. So the better question is, it works. How do you do it, Stephen? All you if gotta- I were to want to try and hum music, and have it recognized by a Google machine. Can I use a Google Assistant on like my Google Home? Do I have to use my cell phone? Do I have to bring up some special web portal? I honestly heard that this happened, but I haven't looked up at all how to do anything on it yet. So I'm glad you brought the news up. Well, all you got to do is is you just got to, if you've got a pixel, you say, hey, G-word. And, or mm-hmm. if you got the Google app, you open it up and you push the app button if you're on another device and you go, what is this song? And then you start humming away once it gives the prompt. Hmm. Interesting. That. 
That is cool. Can I use it on my iPhone? Yeah, I think you can actually, because I believe that it is part of the Google search app. So um, if you've got that on there, I believe you should be able to, because I think the Google app works with the what is the song feature, doesn't it on iPhone? Probably, because it probably ties into the same back end that the Google Assistant stuff uses, because that's effectively the workaround if you're using an iOS device is you go through the Google app to do anything you would normally do on Google Assistant. Um, yes, it actually does say that it is currently available for iPhone users in English and Android in more than 20 languages. So you, there you go. Um, Have you tried it with the Muppet Show theme? I, I The one theme that I did didn't work at all. So I wasn't about to try other themes. Have you tried it with the MASH theme? Have I want to do with... it right now, but maybe we'll do it during your news <laughs> and I'll, I'll report back. <laughs> Have you tried it with A-team? Oh, okay, I'm going to do it. All right. Mute your, have, mute your device. Have, mute your have device. you tried it with Full House? Have you tried it with Star Trek? Knight Rider? For some reason, my, my Google's not working right. Oh, you know oh, why it's not it's working? It's got performance anxiety. I know, I know why it's, it's because of my, my devices are hearing me speak. Anyways, I'll try and report <laughs> back. Terrible audio for you podcast <laughs> listeners, but but I want you to give it a try and report back to us. Come to our Discord server, gunnageek.com slash Discord, and tell us, did it work, did it not work, and what did you hum? And better yet, if you have an audio clip of you humming it, please post it in our Discord server. We would love to hear you humming it. Have you tried the Love Boat theme? I don't remember that one. Have you tried Love Shack? Yes. No, I didn't. <laughs> All right, well, let's go on to the next news point. That's as simple as Gilligan's my news point was. Uh, Roller coaster of love. I just wanted to mention that. I thought the it was Brady cool. Bunch. Chris Farrell, why do you want to talk about Among Us? Because it's a really fun game, and it keeps getting more and more popular, and the popularity just astounds me because it's a game that originally came out in 2018, and it keeps growing. So there were two really cool news stories that came out that kind of described some of the big surges that Among Us has been making. So we talked about it, I believe, last week, saying it was one of the biggest games of the year. There is a group out there called Sensor Tower that analyzes the Google Play Store, the iOS Store, or excuse me, the App Store for trends and things like that. We have an idea of just how big Among Us is on mobile now. It was the top game on both the iOS App Store and Google Play Store in quarter three, 2020. Sen excuse me, Sensor Tower also estimates that Among Us, first released in 2018, like I mentioned, has passed 100 million downloads just in Q3 2020 on both these stores, significantly eclipsing the more than 68 million downloads for the next highest downloaded game, My Talking Tom Friends. I've never heard of this game, but good news. If you want to play Among Us and $5 is too steep for you on PC, it is free on Google Play and the App Store for iOS. The caveat is in between each game, you'll get a brief ad break, but it is 100% free. It is currently the fourth most, excuse me, fourth most played game on Steam, sitting below games like Counter-Strike Global Offensive, Dota 2, and PUBG. Yes, Among Us is ahead of Fortnite right now. Epic Games' massive monster of a game that has been at the top for ages. It's been a hit on Twitch, like we talked about, and uh, one of the cool interesting facts I wanted to bring up, uh, viewing hours are up 650% from July to August. So a lot of people are watching this game be played because it's fun. It's a game that's predicated on having a group of people together where you lie, trick, and deceive each other. So it's been popular in mobile. How are people linking up to play this game? Well, there is a chat room built into it, 
But the easiest way to do it is to download Discord and create an audio channel somewhere. So Among Us' spike in popularity has led to Discord's mobile download, mobile app hitting new record heights of downloads as well. Apptopia reported that Discord has been hitting a new lifetime high for mobile app downloads every day since September 5th at around 800,000 installs a day of Discord. This is in part because the popularity of Among Us is linked to Discord. A lot of people are playing together, find it much easier just to chat via the audio chat room than to type in the, the chat room that's built into the game. And it's pretty cool to see that as this game grows, it brings more and more people to Discord, gets people to potentially go and join a channel just to play the game and then hang around and check out some of the other channels on there as well. I think it's pretty cool. I am just astounded by how far this game continues to grow and I find it a bunch of fun. So I just wanted to share it with folks. You know, you seem really obsessed with this. That sounds sus. I am sus. I'm always <laughs> sus. Uh, I have not had a chance to try this yet. I feel like at some point you'll have to entice me to come on in and give it a try. I'm not sure. I, I feel like I'll be murdered. Well, that that's the premise of the game is that there is one or more imposters who are supposed to kill everyone else in the game or sabotage the ship so that it blows up. And the human people are supposed to try and save the ship and figure out who the imposter is and kill them. So it is fun. It is a game where you literally are lying to people because you're like, well, I was in this room and I was doing this task or you literally frame someone else for committing murder. It's really fun. And in the pandemic times we're in right now, we played twice last week with a bunch of folks from the Gunna Geek Network and some friends of mine. And it was a blast to put in a couple hours, a couple nights last week and just socialize with people in a different way than we've been getting to do. Like, I really enjoy getting to do podcasts with you guys and things like that, but it's not quite the same. It's just kind of kicking back and screwing around and playing a video game for a couple hours. And it was a nice welcome break from the day-to-day -day of work, clean up the house, cook dinner, watch some TV, do it all over again. So I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I, I've got a problem here. So what's that? This was Just one that you were supposed to murder people virtually in the game. That's why he's wearing a red shirt. I, I misunderstood that. <laughs> mm. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> For the audio listener, I did the collar pull. No, I, I have to say, I've really been happy with like the, the community interaction that I've been seeing with this. It has made me really interested in checking out this game because there has been so much hype in our Discord server. This looks cool. And maybe I'll have to get in on it sometime. When's the next time that you're going to be doing this? So we right now have plans to play twice this week. As we record this, it is the 19th of October. We'll play on Tuesday, the 20th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And then on Thursday, the 22nd, I believe it is, at 9 p.m. Eastern. In the past couple times we played, we played for about two hours each time. And uh, both myself and Anthony Bachman were streaming it on our respective Twitch channels. So folks that may be curious what it's all about, you can go back and check our Twitch channels and catch a replay of what it was all about or just catch us trying to trick each other into not believing we killed each other. I don't know. It's a lot of fun. And especially if you like games like Werewolf and things like that, that people would play at conventions. It's very similar to that. Stargate Pioneer, are you going to get in on this? Sadly, this started to poke up right when I was starting to play Squadrons. So I'm going to continue to play Squadrons. I've downloaded both on Xbox and PlayStation. Got to say, 
I don't like the PlayStation interface a little bit more. And I've heard the virtual reality is pretty good on PlayStation, even though I don't have any. So I, that is what I've been doing instead of Among Us. But everybody else that I talked to has been playing Among Us. So does that mean that um, you you uh, are not able to play with me on Xbox if I do end up getting it on Xbox? Among Us or Squadrons? Squadrons. So it's it's multi-platform, so it doesn't really matter what platform you're on. You're playing through EA. Okay. Which, that's not this Among Us story that is I know, Squadrons. you brought up Squadrons, so I thought I'd I talk did, about Squadrons for a while. Because I've been having fun <laughs> playing it. I might suck, but I've been having fun playing it. All right. Well, bottom line is my understanding is that whenever Kent is in the game, he is the killer. That's my understanding. He's always just in the game. (laughs) It's also me, too, I think. (laughs) All right. Well, I look forward to seeing what other apps this somehow ends up bringing to the top of the app downloads, because that's two random ones that you would never have guessed. And one side note, it is not available on consoles at this point in time. It is only available on mobile and PC. Okay. Well, let's go on to the next news story, which I hear there's a treaty to do with the moon. Moon pie, perhaps. Ooh. It's been a while since I had some moon pie, so I'm, I'm hungry for it. I know where I'm going after this podcast, although I can't because thanks, COVID, the grocery store hours, it's closed by the time we're done here. Anyway, this past week, eight nations signed a U.S.-led treaty dealing with the moon for lunar exploitation or exploration, not exploitation and beyond. So it's not just the moon. It's anywhere that we want to go. Asteroids, Mars, other planets like Pluto, so on and so forth. So this I found in space.com. It was an article written by Mike Wall, and he said eight nations have signed the Artemis Accords, which is a set of principles outlining the responsible exploration of Earth's nearest neighbor. NASA officials announced Tuesday. October 13th, the eight nations include Australia, Japan, Luxembourg, 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 Italy, United Kingdom, United Arab Emirates, and the United States of America. Those are the eight countries that signed the accord. Yes, we held our ground. We didn't sign. Canada said, no, you can take that and shove it where the sun don't shine, which is on the moon missed that canada actually did sign the Artemis oh. accord oh and the moon's not real steven well then never Made mind cheese never mind. moon cheese so with, cheese. with the signature the path is now clear for those eight nations to now participate in nasa's artemis program of crude lunar exploration now artemis is a program that aims to land two astronauts near the lunar south pole in 2024 and establish a sustainable human presence on and around the moon by the end of the decade. Now, it doesn't say what decade, but I know from past news stories that it's by the end of this decade, you know, the 2020s. NASA Administrator Jim Brennenstein said during a call with reporters on Monday, October 12th, that the Artemis Accords serve as a preamble to bilateral government-to-government agreements that participating nations will sign with the U.S., Those future agreements will lay out each country's specific contribution with the Artemis program, while the newly assigned accords, quote, establish norms of behavior and rules for space operations, unquote. So, Stephen, this means that you are now, by your country's signature, bound by established norms of behavior. 
Uh, well, the good fa- part of all of this is that I actually live in John Drew Tropia, which is separated nice. from Canada. F- so. Funny note, there is a guy by our family lake house that has seceded himself from the United States. That's awesome. <laughs> it's a whole thing. We'll have to go into it at some point in time. Anyway, signatories to the Artemis Accords affirm, among other things, that they will conduct all space activities peacefully in accordance with international law, help protect space heritage, such as the Apollo landing sites, publicly release scientific data in a timely manner, render aid to astronauts who need it, and make their hardware and other systems interoperable to maximize cooperative use. Now, I will admit that this last one that I first time I read it, I didn't read it as interoperable. I read it as inoperable. I was like, why would you want to agree to make something not work with something else? But (laughs) it was interoperable. It wasn't inoperable anyway. So, yeah, this is pretty cool. And the article goes on to say that this interface was with the Outer Space Treaty. It gives operational constructs to the Outer Space Treaty, which was signed years and years ago, and the Moon Treaty as well. So this is in accordance with previously established space law. It's neat. I have thoughts on this. And I think that... um, I think that it's it's something that we are going to hope works out and <laughs> i'm i'm pessimist okay i'm 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 okay, very so skeptical. you're thinking the last episode of space force is that what you're thinking <laughs> okay no well i think that i'm i'm skeptical that everybody's going to agree to the 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 intention of this agreement everybody's going to follow through with the intention of this agreement you're skeptical that that will happen i believe that like i okay i'm skeptical on the people actually following the intention of this agreement okay that's what I- well i'm very skeptical of canada actually following through with their commitments here Ooh. yeah but i also well, have well, fine you want to go there you want to know which country i'm worried the most about the one that has a dedicated branch towards their own priority in space uh endeavors that's the country that i'm worried There's about agreeing nothing to this. that says that you know that could be russia by the way but they're not <laughs> In this accords, they've actually had a space force for quite some time, like decades. So the United States isn't the first one to do it. But uh, the other one that scratches my head, I know they've been part of the ESC and stuff like that before, but Luxembourg? Really? Luxembourg? Yeah, I, I hope I hope this all works out as intended because we need some really good worldly news right now. And um, there's not a lot of good worldly news right now. <laughs> No, and and this wouldn't take effect until at least 2024. And I'm going to guess that that first mission is going to be all U.S. I'm just guessing it's going to be all U.S. Now, the gateway space platform that they're going to put in orbit around the moon will be multinational. But that first landing on the moon and the Artemis program itself will be U.S. led. So I don't know. I don't know what they're planning. Maybe it's like the U.S. and their rides to the ISS aboard the Soyuz. Maybe it'll be like that. Like y'all pay us X amount of millions of dollars for a ride or something like that. I have no idea. So we'll see how this pans why, out. Why would we pay you? Wouldn't we just go to the actual company that's providing the actual uh, ride up there? Due to imports and exports and international law, I honestly don't know if that would be legal or not, but I would think that if you're trying to commercialize space and space transportation, that it wouldn't matter who 
you paid to to do it as long as it got to the company right and that money was transferred just like you getting on an airline doesn't matter that you're paying the government you're although a significant part of it is taxes but you're paying the airlines yeah it so, just it seems interesting to me like you would a company would go into like SpaceX would go into a space exploration situation privatized and not have a plan to be able to appeal to more than the states. That's, I don't know, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the space guy. I'm not the rocket scientist you are. So I defer to you. So a more important question we need to pivot to has Suncast decommissioned the secret SNASA moon base yet so that nobody (laughs) finds it. I know he's already 95% of the time on Mars now, but I would assume that the base on the moon's a problem. I wasn't going to go into this story because it's so far out that I don't want to put dates on stuff like that. So this is not like an official news story, but there was another news story on space.com just three days ago that said Elon Musk says SpaceX first Starship trip to Mars could fly in four years. I saw that. Mm -hmm. Better get the welcome cookies ready, Suncast. (laughs) Or do you need welcome lollipops? Now, we just had the window open to go to Mars right now. It's every 26 months that goes to Mars. So I can see why he's saying four years, because if he doesn't meet that four year window, he's got to go six years. Right. So it's 26 times three at that point. So I can see where he's coming from. And he has experience in getting stuff done that I thought wouldn't get done. So it's not impossible. It's just so far out in the future. I don't want to feed into that frenzy right now well and he his quote was uh quote i think we've got a fighting chance end quote in regards to 2024 so yeah of making that well i think we have a fighting chance of making that second mars transfer window was his entire quote there so it it does deal with the mars transfer window i would agree that he has a chance but i wouldn't say that chance is above 50 percent right now Fair enough. Well, I'll just ask him the next time I see him because, you know, he's another guy that was within a few kilometers of me. So, uh, you know, I just I'll just stack it up, stack up my list of people who come near All me. All right. You want to go there? I actually <laughs> talked to the man on the phone. So, I yeah, we can, we can go there. I was baiting you. I knew you were going to tell the story. I actually am him. I just didn't want to tell you guys. I'm that. not going to tell the story. I'm just going to say that <laughs> I talked to him on the phone yes. several times. That's fair enough. All right, well, let's go on to the next news story here, which is about Canadians. That's right. Uh, There was Statistics Canada released a report. uh, You basically looking at some COVID numbers, and they said that almost half of Canadians, 46%, have increased their use of free streaming services over COVID. Young Canadians aged 15 to 34 led the way with almost 70% of them reporting increased use of online video services. Now, this is apparently largely towards YouTube, but I want to get back to that in a minute. That's what most of the articles were referring to in regard to uh, the Statistics Canada survey. And unsurprisingly, um, in this report as well, young Canadians aged 15 to 34 were also uh, reporting significant increase in social media and messaging use over the COVID period. Now, there is also noted in here, quote, these results are also reflected in recent retail sales figures, which show that retail e-commerce sales were up almost two thirds 
this uh, two-thirds year over year in July. So essentially, Canada is not falling behind everywhere else. We also are getting in our igloos and getting all hunkered down and, and doing all the things that everywhere else is doing. But I wanted to actually talk about this in specific to the part that was referencing online, uh, free online services. And again, they were referencing YouTube. But big key stat in there was the people 15 to 34, almost 70% of them using that. I know a lot of very tech savvy for 15 to 34 year olds that use certain quote free end quote services. And I was wondering, Statistics Canada, did you actually accommodate this or did you just assume everybody was playing by the books? Because I don't know. To me, it's like, obviously, there's going to be a lot of increase in people watching YouTube, but you only can watch so much YouTube content before you either get bored with the channel because they're not making content anymore because they're also in isolation or they all start to blend in together, right? Like this, at least that's been my experience with YouTube is like, I went on a big kick when I was building my computer of all sorts of computer channels and then I got bored with them, right? And then then have to take a break. So I have a feeling that maybe some of those services skewed those stats, but uh, I thought that actually, the second thing was I actually thought that 50% was low. So. So I was texted this weekend by somebody in that demographic that was not Canadian. U.S., but I was told of not one but two of these free, quote unquote, streaming services. I will not use them because I'm sure they are not entirely legal. And as I heard once on the cutting edge, gray area, <laughs> not gray area, is sticky question. You know, That's you've good. never seen the cutting edge. You, you actually yeah. got to see. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know the steam that I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. Yeah, they were talking about a figure skating mood on that topic. Anyway, uh, the the two, just to give you some examples, right? And I'm not advocating these at all, but this is kind of the stuff that Steven's talking about, I'm guessing. One was HI movies or high movies. I don't know if that's .com, .net, .org. I have no idea. I don't want to know. So that was one. And then another one that I heard was crack streams. I, I do know that's .com, so crackstreams.com. So that's an example of two illegal, free streaming sites that these people are probably streaming. That's interesting, because I can't put my finger on the one that I've heard several people also. And anyways, I've heard several other people talk about, but it wasn't those two. So there's another one that's fairly big. Um, oh, there's but- all sorts of these things. They're going to pop up all the time. It's just like file sharing services used to pop up back in our day. I'm the same, you know, I think the other thing as I'm sitting here thinking about the stats, right, is as I'm with you, I don't do these these quote gray areas or whatever, because I just don't want I don't want to be in that situation. I don't want to have to worry about all of the BS that it takes to get into these. I don't want to have to worry about the legalities. I just want to pay my bill, watch the thing the way that it's supposed to be and know that I'm supporting the industry and I'm not having to worry about getting a letter from I don't know, the government or whatever. So I'm in that camp. But the other thing that as I sit here and I think about that is I go, I wonder if that saw an increase, those gray areas or even illegal areas saw an increase in this COVID era as well, because of the, not only because of the fact that people are at home not able to do things, but 
some people can uh, are out of jobs and can no longer afford to pay the services anymore, right? So you're 100% right. I'm sure that the gray area slash illegal ones did. I'm sure the legal ones, like we were talking about in the chat, Pluto TV, Tubi, Zumo, things like that, that are all ad-supported networks where there's hundreds of channels and you can go watch stuff. I'm sure they've all seen an uptick because people want content because they can't go do things. So it sort of makes sense. And the problem is these gray area places are going to sound appealing to some folks and they're going to go away and people are going to potentially, I don't know what the legalities are, but you should always be concerned that if you're consuming illegal content, that it's going to come and bite you in the butt. There's plenty of opportunities for free legal content out there, though, guys. That's true. I think I was saying it last week, and I think it was on this show, whether we were recording or not at the time, I don't know, but that I was saying that the reality shows that I see on YouTube, like the the cruising YouTube channels, the reality shows, and I think they're better than the actual reality shows that are out there that are being produced by networks and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I would agree. It's riveting content in a real life scenario. I do know that some of the stuff is staged, unfortunately, but the stuff that isn't staged is just real life is amazing and and I enjoy it. And by the way, the cutting edge quote, it just came to me. It's legal is illegal is gray area. That's the quote. (laughs) That's what it is. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. When it comes to YouTube, there's tons of content you can find and you can fall down a rabbit hole. And during this pandemic, I started watching a channel that was nine years old. I think it was that had 78 episodes that were a half hour each of what they do called game chasing. Think American pickers, but video game guys going to garage sales and flea markets and stuff like that, trying to find video game deals. And it was strangely entertaining and compelling. And I enjoyed it. And it brought me to a whole new section of YouTube I hadn't seen before of other people doing similar things. So you can find stuff and YouTube's discovery tools kind of make it easy to pivot into new things. Once you find something that scratches that itch, the real problem is once you're done with that, trying to get back to where you were before, (laughs) if you hadn't been subscribing to things, your YouTube algorithm's all jacked up then. And it is really hard to sometimes to find this better tier. I'll call it better tier of content on YouTube because I think like, um, Oh, I can't remember the name of them. The people who, oh, Urbex, so Urban Explorers. Mm-hmm. I subscribe to this channel called The Proper People. I'll give them a yes, shout out. Yes, I watch that one too. They are fantastic. <laughs> really good production value. Like, you know, they deserve to be on television, if I'm being being honest here. Like, they, they are really, really good. But there's a lot of crap Urban Explorer videos out there, right? So, and, and I like The Proper People because of the fact that they do have such a uh, high quality of production. Like they'll bring drones with them when they travel and and get, you know, uh, lots of B-roll shots. It, it looks fantastic. But I then will be recommended something that's just a guy with a camera swearing for 30 minutes. <laughs> like, Yeah, you should try exploring with Josh, which is similar Urbex stuff. He does a lot of stuff with good cameras. I've gone down the Urbex rabbit hole before. <laughs> I've also gone down the Dead Mall rabbit hole before with a bunch of Dan Bell's content and Dan Bell's done some really cool stuff on dead malls, gross hotels, things like that. And then Suncast turned me on to bright sun films that does like a whole series of real produced, really well-produced content and like abandoned yeah. businesses yeah. and properties. Who's also gotten into some urbex stuff with Dan Bell. Those are things that have good production value. And honestly, this is the best way to find it is when you find one of those and then kind of like, Google them, look for their Reddit page or something like that, because you'll see a lot of those like things bubble up in there because the YouTube recommendation engine, pretty good, 
but not always great. And it'll recommend you some of that stuff. And you're like, the hell am I watching? What? This is nothing like what I was watching with proper people. Yeah. So I, I guess there's lots of content to be had, but I do question how much of it was legit free. But anyways, that's enough Canadian talk. I know SP's already used his allocation of Canadian talk for the week. So don't want to put him over that limit there. I'd have to shut down my stream. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's some changes with Tesla happening and some fun changes in price. I don't know if, well, I didn't even have the price change on here, but I guess we can talk about that real quick, which is Tesla dropped the price of the Model S. I guess it's the baseline model to $69,420. I don't get giggity, that. Explain giggity. that to me. Well, 69 is a gag that I'm not going to explain. And 420 is a stoner gag. So 69, 420. <laughs> Say that again. 69 is a what? It's a gag I don't want to explain. If you watch South Park, that's a number that comes up and you always see the police go, nice. Better? Yeah, continue. <laughs> so, uh, yes, they did drop the price on the Model S. And it's partially to compete with another EV brand that's out there that had put their Model S competitor at a cheaper price, like $71,000. All still way too expensive for me. But we do know I'd kicked around, I talked about in chat before, kicked around the thought of, potentially getting a Tesla one day, a Model 3, potentially a pre-owned one. Well, there's two big changes that Tesla made just recently as we get near the end of quarter three financials being due that kind of have a lot of fans scratching their heads and Elon fanboys are already rushing to defend him. So it doesn't really matter. The internet will back him. But the rest of us who are a bit more objective kind of go, what is Tesla doing on some of these? So for episode, no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, look, no one's going to be getting more Elon fanboy hate than uh, Rich Rebuilds on YouTube who, uh, yeah, go watch some of his stuff where he's rebuilt Tesla's and then the hate he caught when he stopped rebuilding Tesla's because he was bored with it because it was the same thing day to day and then dared to have the audacity to build something with a gas engine. Oh my God, they gave him so much hell. But that's neither here nor there. Interesting channel though, side note. So one of the things that Tesla did remove, and I will quote electric, as they called it, they removed their, quote, ballsy, end quote, no questions asked seven-day return policy that Elon Musk had been pushing as a show of confidence for the automaker. So if you're not familiar, over the last few years, Tesla had updated its return policy to enable buyers to return their vehicles within seven days of taking delivery virtually with no questions asked. This caveat being, less than a thousand miles on the odometer and no damage done to the vehicle. But the thought was, especially while we're in a pandemic, you're not going to have a chance to go to a showroom, go test drive one, things like that. Or maybe you're sold on it, but not 100%. You could get it and turn it back in for seven days, get all of your money back. Well, they've discontinued the policy and it just wasn't announced. It was their support page online, removed all mention of it, and then linked that page that originally talked about it to just a generic support page with no reference to the policy. So Tesla hasn't officially announced anything about this policy changing, but it is nowhere on their website anymore. And it's interesting because it's something that Elon Musk had trumpeted as being, hey, here's one of our differentiating factors when it comes to Tesla. And if you want to find out why, it's real tough to do because Electric also pointed out that just recently Tesla dissolved its public relations department, making press inquiries and things like that Incredibly difficult because there's no dedicated people handling press information requests now. Yeah, that, that saves you some money, I guess, getting rid of this return policy, getting rid of your uh, press inquiry 
or your uh, public relations department, but that is not the only thing that changed. No, no, no. And this one was also stealthily done and people noticed it is you could buy pre-owned Teslas directly through Tesla. Those pre-owned Teslas, most of them offered either a two-year or a four-year warranty. And this was generally a Model S and X vehicles. Tesla changed the policy. There's now only a one-year warranty on these vehicles covering 10,000 miles, whichever comes first, one year or 10,000 miles. That's strange and also a weird thing to change. Uh, the used car warranty is being offered on top of a new car warranty, which benefits anyone buying a more recent used vehicle from Tesla. But for anyone looking to acquire a used Tesla made in 2016 or later, they'll see their warranty protection severely eroded. And what this was, was you got the rest of the battery warranty. You got, it was either that many years or 100,000 miles of warranty for the powertrain and things like that. But yeah, they changed that overnight. And with no public relations department, it's not advertised anywhere. So people just find out when they go on the page and go, wait, what the hell? One year warranty. They've certainly made it less compelling for someone to be like, well, if I want to dabble and get my toes wet with a Tesla, let me start out with a pre-owned one. Well, I'm not really getting crap all for warranty from Tesla now. So in the past 18 months, I bought three pre-owned vehicles, one for myself and one for both the girls. And in all those cases, the used car market is pretty much the same. You usually get the remainder of the factory warranty, whatever that is. And it's not all the time. Not all car manufacturers do that, but the ones that I bought are like that. And the other thing is sometimes you get a one-year extended warranty. It's bundled in the price of the car if it's from a used car dealership or a regular dealership that's selling used car. Or you get the standard as-is sticker. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I actually don't think this is out of line from normal cars. I'm 100% with you. I am becoming someone who's really quickly ready to dog on Elon. Um, I think he's done a lot of really good things to help move us as a society in certain directions, both with space and with electric vehicles. I think that that there's been a lot of things that he deserves credit at. However, uh, he is quickly beginning to really irritate me. So I am not an Elon lover by any means. I, I am ready to really get... Get mad at him the next time he comes to town and wave my finger. But um, I'm with SP on this. The only caveat that I had is I have oh, I've never bought a luxury vehicle or a premium vehicle. And I think we have to remember that Teslas are premium electric vehicles. And so I don't is my thoughts, which were the same as SP's like this seems in line with a regular used car. Is that in line with a a premium um, gas vehicle or is the expectation with like a premium vehicle that you get a longer warranty because that would be more of an apples to apples comparison. So I, I yeah. don't know anything about it. Two points. Uh, one, I agree with you. The fact that this isn't necessarily a terrible thing. However, comma, they botched the way in which it was handled, which is they literally just changed it on their website at one night, didn't announce anything was going to happen and don't have anyone you can go ask and say, hey, what is going on here and what is the reason for doing this? Point two, that's fine. They can make that change, but they've made it now less compelling for me as a customer to say, hey, if I'm going to buy a pre-owned Tesla, I should buy it from Tesla. I can go to Carvana and go to a variety of other local dealerships that are going to have Teslas now. And for a one-year, 10,000-mile warranty, I can just buy it locally, probably save some more money, and Tesla doesn't get that cash. 
Yeah. Um, the other thing, I 100% agree with you on the PR thing. I think that that's a nightmare. I think that that's they should definitely be more upfront with it. They should announce it as a policy change and they should come out there and they should clearly say that. And that's the type of thing that I think is ridiculous. But I think because it's Elon and Elon's like, yeah, we're Tesla. We can do what we want. Um, policy via Twitter. Exactly. Uh, I think that that's why why he's doing this. And I think that it's terrible customer service and customer service like that deserves for another company to come along, do what you're doing and send you to bankruptcy if you're going to not look out for consumers with actions like that. That's the type of things that happen. Someone goes, I can do I can do Tesla, but actually give you customer service. So um, well, I mean, there are people trying to get them on that same model, which is we'll give customer service. They'll have the better prices right now because they still in the United States, at least can offer the tax rebates and things like that. Because remember, Ford's pushing hard on the Mustang. What is it? Mach-E. You've got uh, the Polestar vehicles that are coming out across the world, although they recalled every single one of them because of an issue they had, which is like the Volvo and Chinese company cooperative. But the thing that is still going to be hard when it comes to competing with Tesla is at this point in time, no one has anything that competes with the supercharger network. There are other kinds of chargers out there, but it's not as easy to be like, I'm going to take my insert random vehicle X here right. and drive from my house to New Orleans and know I'll be able to charge my car along the way. Whereas with the Tesla supercharger network, you're pretty confident that you can get there and back just hitting superchargers. That's fair. Um, the other thing that I'm not sure how I feel about this is the seven day return. Um, again, I don't know that that's out of line. However, the big thing that I've got is that an electric car is a big change. I think I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with them getting away from that because once a car is sold and registered in certain areas, it's it can't be resold as new. And so like that is a, that is a huge problem just from a paperwork perspective. Right. So <laughs> it, so I don't disagree with it. But if they had again, I would have liked to have seen what they said with the announcement. Maybe they were going to be like, OK, well, we said nothing. That's the problem. Exactly. Again. If they had gone, OK, we're going to stop this, but we understand. So if you want, you can take it for a, a two day like we're having a two day loan program where we've got a, a separate, you know, loaners there that you can take out for a, an extended period, you know, before you buy sort of thing. Right. I, I really don't see a problem with them getting rid of a return policy on a brand new vehicle for a variety of reasons, such as the one I just mentioned. But so most this states is so bizarre. Well, I won't say most states, the states that I'm familiar with, they do have protections in place for the consumer for any car purchase, new, used, doesn't matter, that you can return it within a certain amount of days for a, basically a full refund. I mean, there, there's probably some earnest money that you lose in there, but there already are protections in some states. Don't know if it's all states, but that's the United States. I don't know how it works up in Canada. And yes, there still is the paperwork stuff that you have to follow through. The other uh, question that I would have with the or thing I've heard, at least with Tesla used vehicles, is the transfer of whatever you bought as a service package, like a software service package, software service package that might or might not be compatible with the new user. Like they might you might sell the car because it's got these features on it, but they're software features. 
So I know that that was in flux a few months ago, about a year ago or something to like the that. the car now is generally what they're doing. So in theory, it should stick with the car. The problems of the ones we ran into were vehicles that had things they weren't supposed to that were turned on that they then later pulled the plug on. My understanding from browsing r slash Tesla is that people have a frustration because say they buy a Model X and get a self-driving mode on it, then decide to upgrade to the Model Y. That self-driving mode they bought does not part of their account. It's linked yeah. to the car. So they have to buy it again when they buy the new Tesla vehicle. Yeah, so I I think the, the bottom line is... I don't like for me personally, I don't think that the basis of these decisions are misplaced. However, I do think that they've got a big problem if they're not if they're rolling things out like this, removing from the website and firing the PR department. That's terrible. And it doesn't look good in the in the chat. We had uh, Kent saying it's not good signs. And I agree with him. I don't think it's good signs at all. Makes those Q3 financials look real good, though, at the end of the quarter, though, when you just freed up a bunch of cash. (laughs) They are strapped because California has prevented them from manufacturing. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll see what happens. Um, but hey, uh, hopefully that cyber truck will come out soon enough for USP. As long as they can make it. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go on to the next news point here, which is all about Bill Nye, the science guy. Bill, Bill. I threw this in here because it's one of your favorite subjects. Stephen, and it was also from one of my favorite articles. The New England Patriots? Well, I mean, it, I said one. <laughs> it wasn't the only one. Of course, the Patriots being one of them big this time of year, I suppose. For the record, what you're about to talk about is not one of my favorite subjects. It's about one of my favorite facts. Ah, I see. I see. Damn so it. Bill and I reached out to space.com, and it, it was basically to say that Flat Earthers and science deniers affects us all. Article was in written the right Chel- way. That's what the quote said, right? And <laughs> I'm kidding. No. To be clear, I am not a flat earther. Okay, to be clear, Chris is the flat earther. Yeah. So this what? article, what? Yeah. Screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> this article was written by Chelsea Gold, who is my second favorite Space.com author. The first being Mike Wall. So Bill Nye has had it with flat earthers and other science deniers. Nye was quoted in space.com as saying, quote, the flat earthers, the anti-vaxxers, the anti-maskers are not on board with the progress of science. And the thing is, it affects all of us. When you deny the body of knowledge that's been discovered through the process of science, you're holding us all back. And this is why it's such an important time. There are people running around in the United States or in the world on the electric internet, Bill Nye, it's great, the electric internet, thinking out loud that the earth might be flat. What? It's the 21st century. Just that anybody would even joke about it is weird. And so this anti-science movement that we have in the United States, well, in the Western world right now, is bad for everybody, unquote. Now, Nye went on to reference the importance of a number of science advances, including relativity, quote, your mobile phone depends on Einstein's theories of both special and general relativity to get the right answer, to get it to work. And so we take all that for granted, unquote. Now, I added that we also depend on the science behind genetically modified food, which stems back thousands of years and is as advanced as ever today. Quote, I just like to remind everybody, farming 
is not natural. If you stop farming, it goes back. The land goes back to something else. So this is all science, unquote. I like the special shout out as well to masks in there. So I will just make sure that I put on my mask um, in this October. Bill, Bill's honor. So happy Halloween. Uh, this is that actually kind of mask, looks right? like Bill Nye. <laughs> uh, I'm for the audio listener. I'm wearing a Halloween mask, but um, no, uh, Bill Nye always telling it like it is. Well, trying to at least. <laughs> You know, you should do a show, SP, with Bill Nye. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I, I get what Bill Nye was coming from, but Bill has a lot of detractors to him as well. I mean, it, it was great for a whole generation of kids growing up, but I, I just don't hang around in Bill's circles. Let's just <laughs> put it that way. Fair enough. And the last thing that we just want to quickly touch on here is the Amazon Prime Days. I thought we'd take a moment to share what we we saw with Amazon Prime Days, some of the things we might have bought, some of the things that we might have thought about buying, etc. I, I got a bit of a list here. I'll go last, actually. We'll start off, though, with SP. Okay, so on Prime Day, I was so active. I was... I was just left, right, and backwards doing stuff with my house. I was staining the fence to my house. I power washed it, and I had to stain it before it got too cold. So I spent the entire two days staining the fence, wall-to-wall, morning to night, and bought nothing, nada, zippo on Prime Day. And this is where the universe got me back. My Hewlett-Packard... 8610 all-in-one printer print head failed on Friday. So this is after Prime Day. Prime Day was Tuesday and Wednesday. So the printer print head failed. So I tried to clean all the contacts. I tried to flush the ink jets about a special solution to do that. It, It wasn't clogged. It was fine. Contacts were working just fine. It was dead. D-E-D, dead. The print head was dead. So I now have to buy a new printer. I mean, I could have bought a new print head, but it would have been used and it would have been like 150 bucks. So why do that when it could have been something inside the printer itself and not the print head? So I tried to buy a new one. My daughter moved out to an apartment for college this year. So I bought her a printer and it was the HP 7855 all-in-one it's as close as i could get to the 8610 and she was happy with it i was happy with it when i set it up so i'm like yeah that's the one i want to buy i went to go buy it on amazon sold out until december what december i was from home man what so i i don't know if they ran a uh, deal on amazon prime day for it and, and maybe it got wiped out or not But then I tried to buy it locally at Best Buy, at Walmart, at Office Depot, at Office Max, at Target, anywhere. I searched for printers anywhere in the local area, even an hour away. It was either sold out or not in stock. So I'm like, crap. So finally, I ordered it at Best Buy, which I was able to order it online. But here's the fun part, guys. I know we're talking about Prime Day and Amazon, but here's the fun part about Best Best Buy. I ordered it and I was given two options. I could pick it up in the store on Friday, October 23rd. Or I could have it mailed to my door free of charge and get it on Tuesday, October 20th. 
So I would have to wait an additional three days if I wanted to pick it up from the store, which is in my same zip code, just like two miles down the road. That's hilarious. And here's the kicker, guy. This is really the universe hitting me hard. Okay. I had just put brand new color and black (gasps) ink cartridges in. No. That sucks. Yeah. So not Amazon Prime Day, but probably Prime Day related because like. They said, you didn't buy anything. We're going to break something. Let's break the printer. That sucks. That really does suck. Uh, I and, and wait, wait, wait. There's one more. I forgot about this okay. until right now. So Amazon, I don't know how, but the printer was linked to my Amazon account. So like Sunday when I put it back in and I was trying different cartridges and whatever, just to see if the cartridges were what was causing the print head to fail. I put in old cartridges and then I was just, I left it. I was like, okay, I'm done with this. I've tried about 50,000 different things. I'm just done with it. So then a couple of hours later, my Amazon show in the kitchen dinged and said, ding, ding. I was like, huh? On the screen, it said, your HP 8610 ink cartridges are low would you like to order some new ones you said yes right (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) oh that sucks uh i obviously didn't follow the american deals because they are different in u.s uh amazon u.s and canada uh chris did you see anything i was pretty good actually for amazon prime day and i didn't really pay much attention other than on twitter i follow at wario 64 who shares a bunch of video game deals and stuff like that. So there were two gaming-related deals I picked up and one thing I just needed. So the simple thing I got was a two-pack of USB 3.0 extension cables so that when I did some rewiring of things out my computer desk, I could easily keep my Stream Deck plugged in and then unplug it when I want to just by running the extension cable up to the top of my desk. Other stuff I picked up, uh, Madden 20 for Xbox One. It was on sale for like 25 bucks on Amazon. That's about the price point I'll pay for Madden based on the level of effort they put into making it new each year. So I bought that and played it. And then also in preparation for migrating from my Xbox One to an Xbox Series X, they did put on sale a Seagate 4 terabyte external hard drive. It is one of the official Xbox branded ones. Whoop-de-doo. But it was on sale. And that hard drive also came with two additional months of Xbox Game Pass Unlimited. And once you factored in the price of what Game Pass normally is, it made the four terabyte hard drive dirt cheap. So I bought that, have plugged it into my Xbox, migrated all games off the internal hard drive and off my smaller external hard drive to that one. So the day one, when the Xbox Series X arrives, I can literally just plug this hard drive in and have a bunch of games already pre-installed, ready to go. So that's all I really bought. And I didn't really see a ton of cool stuff popping up on Slick Deals or on Wario64's account. I didn't need any new Amazon devices or anything like that. Otherwise, I'd have probably bit on some of the Echo uh, deals and stuff there. And I didn't need any ring cameras either. So I was relatively good this year for Prime Day. I did want to buy a, a solid state hard drive, but I didn't want to pay the price for a two terabyte NVMe uh, solid state hard drive. We should have bought some more ring cameras. I got to say, yeah, I think that... Um... Prime Day turned out as I theorized last week, which is that it was going to be uh, mostly Amazon stuff with a couple mm-hmm. other random deals, but mostly just crap. And that that's kind of what up here it turned out to be. Now, there is a few things that I did buy. Um, the Echo Auto that I mentioned last week, for sure. Hands down, best Prime Day purchase uh, that, that I, I had this year. It's just exactly what I need for my 2003 SUV. <laughs> it's like there's nothing there's nothing good 
in it. Um, and so the Echo Auto is fantastic for hooking my, uh, basically a speaker hands-free. That's what I'm looking for. Hands-free into the uh, audio system and it works well and I'm really happy with it. So uh, definitely was good. Worth the $24.99 that it, it cost me. And I... I almost bought one actually for my main vehicle as well, just to, you know, be able to do some of my smart stuff and whatnot. But then I was going to have to find a way to store it. And I'm kind of low on power outlets in there anyways. So, you know, our better vehicle that has the Bluetooth, but the hands-free is good enough in there. So I just decided that I would just leave it at the one. There was does, your, does your better vehicle have Android Auto or Apple CarPlay in it? not, which is okay. why I almost, right. almost did it as well. That's why I'd be interested too where I'm in that position. Yeah. Um, the other thing that surprised me was there's a good deal on a dual screen monitor mount, which if you've ever seen me, um, I've actually podcast facing different monitors than I use day to day. So I've actually got a couple of monitors there that are too low. They're prime. They're the ones I use too for work and stuff, and they're a little bit low. So this is something that I've been wanting for a very long time was something that I could get my monitors a little bit higher. That's more comfortable. And so this is exactly what I needed. And it was a really good deal. Uh, I did manage to score a few different random small Christmas gifts for the kidlets. I won't list what they are in case they happen to be watching. But yeah, we did get a few deals on that. Uh, I did get a movie because Chris was like, hey, I bought a movie. So I'm like, hey, let's go see what what Canada is selling. And I went and I looked and I found a Aquaman was on sale, so I bought Aquaman. <laughs> like the the eighties Aquaman no. movie. Jason Momoa. Momoa. Yeah. So I bought that, and then because SP is trying to convince me to to get into uh to um Squadron, I wasn't convincing you, man. I just said I'm playing. You're like, ooh, maybe I should play. I put out I put out the twenty bucks for for like a super cheap headset that's compatible. Ooh. <laughs> it's a Commando, Commander. Oh, damn! I thought it said Commando, which I oh, need yeah, to not stand course. up right now. Okay, Leo. <laughs> I kind of stayed away from Amazon Prime deals because on Prime Day I saw something that made me go, "I don't want that thing." But we've been talking about that thing for a while, and I know that that thing is kind of crap on Amazon. SP, I did it. I did it. I bought did. I bought a shark robovac that has, <laughs> uh, has the app control. But I didn't buy it from from Amazon because this is what happened. Amazon had had them on sale there. And my wife and I have been looking for one for a long time. We've actually bought a couple, one of which basically got stuck everywhere. So went back to the store. The other, which said it wouldn't go down the stairs went down my stairs, so it went back <laughs> to the store. So we've been wanting to for a while. So this has been on our list for a very long time because we have three pets. We both work full-time. It's just like, it, this is something that we have been wanting for a long time. And so I pulled it up, and another vendor actually had a good bundle on um, one uh, that was Shark. Um, and so a little bit cheaper than the Roomba, but it had the mapping technology. It has the app technology. And just today, SP... It finished doing the map because it doesn't do the map right away. And so I thought I would tell you, SP, I know you've mm -hmm. been wanting. Uh, I'll give you a little preview for the view, uh, video side of thing. You can see it built a map and then I just had to label. So, you know, it's uh, oh, cool. it does have the nice. it, it does have the mapping so, technology. 
So is that an island in the kitchen that's white? Exactly. So for the audio listener, there's a little bit of a spot in my kitchen that it it's white. And that's just because there is an island that it went around. But which specific model did you get? Because there's several available. I have to look it up. It was the Shark IQ something or another. But it had it. one of the things that I decided to do. The which ones I'm, that's like 500 bucks. That one. Yeah. Okay. So um, the, is it a self-empty model? It is. And I decided okay. to do that because of the pet situation. And uh-huh. and the ones that I was seeing on Amazon, aside from like the $100 ones, which were like, if you look at reviews, they're junk. Um, they weren't that much less. They were like, they weren't that much less than this one here. And so I actually bought that early on in the day. So I went, okay, I got to refrain, restrict myself now for Prime Day. And so... I didn't really watch Prime Day much because I made that decision early on in the day, but it was just seeing that on Prime made me go, oh, I should take a look and see what else was around. And, you know, it kind of ties into what you were talking about SP last week was that other vendors were going to be having some things to be around. And so I thought I would mention that on here that you were right. Sure enough, there was other other deals to be had elsewhere. Yeah, I'm still looking for a, a deal on it. I'll, I'll probably get something on um on Black Friday that weekend, that's usually when I start buying stuff. So there's, I'm not 100% in on it. Um, there is something I got to wait and see because there is a okay. chance there could be a, um, yes, it's got to go back to the store moment with it, but we will see. But at the moment, it's a hell of a lot better than the cheaper one. Not, not super cheap, but the cheaper ones that I had tried last year. Because again, I got three pets, one of which is a huge dog. My wife and I both work full time and it's just it is something that is going to be a huge saver for us uh, with with those pets. I mentioned it to the girls last weekend. And usually, you know, when I mentioned something that's house related, it's the typical wife thing that you get like, oh, no, don't get anything for the kitchen or, or st- stuff like that. And uh, actually, uh, the, the future son-in-law he chimed in too, and they were all like, "Ooh, that sounds cool. We'll see what it looks like at your house." And uh, the one daughter, she has a cat, and the other daughter is a nurse, and she's like uber clean. So I think this would work, except for she's got two other roommates, and her roommates have locked doors. So I don't know how the vacuum would work in that type of environment, but we'll see. She might be sold on it. I don't know. So I thought I would mention that. Wait wait a minute. You can, once you map it out, you can tell it not to go in certain rooms, right? Yeah. In theory, you can tell it to, well, you tell it what to do. So when you go to run, when you go to run it, you select which rooms, um, like for for the shark, it's toggles of which ones to include. So, yeah. But anyways, I thought I'd mention it. I thought I'd mention that SP and uh, Chris Farrell. I want to say you made me buy a movie. How did I make you buy that? Oh, just, Please just, explain it to me. Because again, because you're a flat earther. Yeah. No, because you said that you had bought a. What did you buy? You bought uh, Madden 20, which was a game. And so then I. That's right. You bought a game, and I went looking on games, uh, and then it was the same category as movies. And so then I'm like, oh, Aquaman's on sale. So that's how it happened. It was you. video games are a separate category on mm-hmm. Prime Day sales. Mm-hmm. No, they were right there together mm-hmm. on, on that Amazon. That seems FDA. like an unlikely story. I, I all I know is you told me about Madden, and then I ended up buying Aquaman. That's how it worked. It's a clear path from A to B. Hmm. 
All right. Well, that's going to take us to the end of the show. Before we go, Stargate Pioneer, I know that as you wanted to promote and plug things, you were a big fan of a little startup company called Apple that you wanted to plug today. Yeah, I didn't necessarily want to plug them, but I guess it's going to sound like a plug. Uh, We talked last week about the Apple announcement that was going to happen the next day, and I was going to decide which phone I was going to get. They released the Apple iPhone 12 mini, the Apple iPhone 12, and the Apple iPhone 12 Pro and 12 Pro Max. And out of all of them, you know, I had to do research afterwards. I'm actually, I watched the whole thing and I'm actually disappointed at Apple because they didn't differentiate between the capability differentiation of the 12 Pro and the 12 Pro Max. So I'm going to say Apple failed there. That's just my opinion of the announcement. But I did the research and 12 Pro Max is where I'm going to be. So I have to wait till November 6th to order my phone. Still deciding on whether I'm going to get uh, whatever gray thing or the blue green. So one of the two colors I'll get. So you also, though, put your pre-order in for your Apple TV as well, right? I did. I did. I I went ahead and, you know, when an Apple TV sixth generation didn't come on sale, but a fifth generation did, I was like, okay, time to pull the trigger. Yeah, no. Thanks, Prosser, for the expectations that there would be a new Apple TV in 2020, because he tweeted sometime this past week that there will be another Apple announcement this year dealing with computers or something like that, but there will be no Apple TV. Like you, you know, the one thing that I was looking forward to this year, you took it away from me. Way to go, John Prosser. You failed. Failed. Prosser. You're, it's all your fault. Uh, okay. Yeah. The iPhone announcement was actually, um, it was terrible compared to the production that they had in their last event. Like I, I, Totally gave them compliments up the wazoo. The last event that they had, this one, they had a whole section where they did exactly what I I credited them for not doing last time, which was they stood in an auditorium, the auditorium they would usually have this on, with the camera going back and forth, the slow pan as someone's on the stage. And last time I said they could have done that, they didn't. They put production value into it. And they they did that for a good section. And it just wasn't as fluid as the other one. Like, it was not as good. Uh, I don't know if it was, like, the last hour. They're like, okay, we can announce this. I don't know. It just didn't look as good as the last one by any means. As for the pricing, uh, also, I seem to recall somebody indicating they would be cheaper. And uh, they did not land cheaper. I'm not going to say for sure who it was, but I know that the rumors were that they were going to be dropping this year. And no. The at least on the Canada side of the border, the mini, which is smaller than the standard phone. So like last year, there was the 11 the iPhone 11 was the, the bottom end of the 11 series. Now there's a level below that called the mini. The mini is more or less the same price that uh, the 12 mini is the same price, more or less as what the 11 was last year. So essentially, the prices have all gone up. So it's, I don't know, disappointing. Um, I was hoping that they were going to ease it down a little bit or maybe be forced to bring it down a little bit because people's budgets are so tight this year, but is what it is, I guess. 
I'll be saving a hundred dollars off of the SX Max price when that came out. But also, there's not one terabyte of storage in there, which I don't know between the two. Oh, we could go will, on about that too because yeah, we, I, we, we could. We, let me just quickly say that I I made it clear on here before. I think that what they're offering, which is up to five twelve, I think that that's more than enough for most consumers. However, the twelve Pro and the twelve Pro Max, they marketed it towards, or was it just the 12 Pro Max? It was one of the two. They completely marketed towards professional video. They had their whole segment. The release was all around it. Soon as you do that, if you're not offering an excess amount of storage and you're gearing this towards professional video, so 4K video, and you only have 512 on that, and it's just not removable storage, and there's not an easy way to transfer that off, sorry, you failed. If, if you're now making this a use case, like you're you're marketing this towards a use case as pro video come on yeah there's a couple of things in the announcement that i want to bring up since you bring up that first of all they did show an iphone 12 underneath a 4x4 vehicle going up a unimproved road you know like a rocky road and i'm just thinking yeah one rock one rock and that iphone is toast so it, not a very legitimate use of the iphone yeah cool video but yeah not really a smart video because things going to get taken out the other thing was they did have good production value when they went into the lab and they were talking about the technical specifics of like the chips on all the stuff that they were talking about so i'll give them kudos for that it's the one kudo that i'll give them the other thing is the lady on top of the cooper teen apple donut on the roof she had a boot on her right uh, her right uh, foot was bolted to the roof so that she wouldn't fall down or anything like that. So there was safety involved, but it, it was distracting for me because I kept on looking at that right foot. Is that right foot going to move? Is it going to move? Is it going to move? No, she moved her left foot. She did not move her right foot for those that were counting. Chris, is there anything that you want to say about this? Eh. I'm not surprised by any of it. I, I agree. The Apple presentation. I didn't watch it. I went back and caught bits and pieces of it. It was boring, but it's probably just because they reverted back to normal form. And I just don't care about the normal format for any of these presentations anymore. As far as my iPhone decision, it's not like I love this phone. It's just my iPhone 8 plus is three years old now. And I know at some point I'm going to run into an issue with it. So that's why I'm getting the 12 is like, okay, Makes it's sense. just time. Fair enough. All right. Well, that is going to take us to the end of the show. SP, is there anything that you would actually like to plug or promote? Sure. Legends of Shield were releasing. We just released episode 350 this week. So it was great. And it is covering the last episodes, probably the best episodes, by the way, in my opinion, of Luke Cage season two. And then shortly after that, we'll get into Daredevil in the weeks to come. So if you want to talk to us about the Netflix Marvel Defenders series, come to LegendsOfShield.com and get all your Marvel on. Chris Farrell, is there anything that you would like to plug or promote? Uh, so today... I dropped my absentee ballot in the mail. So if you're someone who lives in the United States of America, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but make sure you go out and vote. Voter turnout is up ridiculously right now. I think I'd seen this morning, 28.5 million people have voted so far via absentee or early voting processes. So please. Uh, I've, I've heard 50 million voters have voted. 
That is not what I had seen as of this morning. Okay. And okay. I doubt it went up 22 million in that time, but I don't know. I was following a guy who does a lot of the math and for academia purposes and things like that. But regardless, a lot of people, a lot more people here are voting early when you compare to the 2016 election trends. It is up by a large amount. So please, if you live in the United States, I don't care who you vote for, but go exercise your civic duty. Go vote. Have a voice in what happens in the future. Stephen, do you have your absentee ballot voted? Uh, I actually did mail off my ballot last week because we actually have a provincial election going on. And I was just about to say nice. that advanced polling is now open if you live in the province of British Columbia and there you, you can vote all the way through to October 24th. Uh, so vote if you live in the province of British Columbia. Ah, you didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> didn't <laughs> care, really. <laughs> <laughs> For episode 350 of the officialgetageek.com show, I'm Stephen John Drew saying my foot is also booted to this floor. Maybe one day I can empty the bucket. I'm SP saying Bill Nye, man, you got anger issues. You need to deal with those. I'm Chris Farrell, and I am not sus. You are sus. Bye. I don't even know what sus is. <laughs> Thanks for checking out another episode of the official gunageek.com show. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or a thumbs up on YouTube. You can always join us for our live recording sessions, which stream Mondays at 8.45 p.m. Eastern at www.geeks.live. And remember, you can find our full back catalog at gunageek.com forward slash show. If you're itching for more geeky content, check out other shows on gunageeknetwork.com. Voice work was by Emily Prokop of the Story Behind podcast. That's it for this episode. We hope to see you back again next week. Absentee ballot instructions. Please read carefully. One, complete your ballot. Fill in the entire box or oval for your selection. Do not make any other markings on your ballot. Follow the specific instructions on the ballot.